Thank you, Beth, uh, for reading to us from Luke's Gospel. If you keep your Bibles open, that'd be really helpful in Luke chapter 1. But let's just bow our heads in prayer as we come to look at this passage this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the hope of the Christmas season. We pray now more than ever, Lord, that you would open our eyes and our hearts to see and understand the truth, that we might become those who experience Christ in our lives, just as Mary did those many centuries ago. May Jesus be real to us this morning, we pray. And so, Father, may our hearts grow in love for you now and forever. Amen. Amen. So I wanted to think a little bit today about the hope of Christmas and that word hope itself. Hope is so important for us, both as individuals, as humans, uh, but also as a society and a world, we all need hope. In fact, if we lose hope in our lives, it can be devastating, can't it? If we lose hope, It's hard to even get out of bed in the morning, isn't it? If there's nothing ahead of us that makes us think, yeah, things can get better. Or there's things that in my future will be good. Hope is so important. And hope needs to be real as well. It's no point if hope is completely unfounded in reality. We have to have something in our lives that says, yes, that can happen. That is something that I can live for. I wonder what you're hoping for for Christmas tomorrow morning as you open your present under the tree or whatever it is, or a loved one gives you a gift. What are you hoping to get? Well, if I said to you, I'm hoping that uh, on Christmas morning I'll step outside and on my front lawn there'll be a brand new helicopter wrapped in in paper, ready to fly and, and enjoy that. You would think, Tom, that's not based on reality. (laughs) That's wishful thinking. But if I said, uh, I'm looking forward to getting my pair of socks, you might say, that's a hope that I could really uh, live for, or not live for, but believe might actually happen. In fact, to be honest, socks are the best present to get someone for Christmas, because we all need them, and we all know we've got holes in our socks. Do you see the difference between a hope that is just not real? There's no point in me hoping for the first one, but I can definitely hope for the second one. Hope needs to be real. Um, for those, uh, I'm really fascinated to see on a large scale across the world, what are the hopes um, of the world right now? And we've heard even through the intercessions and things, there's definitely, we need hope for peace. We need hope for the economy. We need hope for all sorts of things. But even if we took it even larger, what is the hope at the moment for the human race? What is the hope at the moment? And taking aside a moment um, our Christian faith, and particularly for those who don't share it, what is the hope at the moment? Well, I'm always fascinated to follow what the richest people in the world are doing and what the biggest companies and corporations are doing in the world at the moment. Uh, Some of you might know two of the richest men in the world. One is Elon Musk. Anyone heard of his name? Some of you will. Of course you will. 
and Jeff Bezos. And if you don't know who he is, you'll know his company because it's Amazon. It's the one that you've probably done half your Christmas shopping with if you're anything like me. Um, what are they up to, these richest men in the world? What are the things that they are pouring their time and resources into? Well, both of them are very interested in giving hope to the whole of the human race and the world. They're both very interested in that topic. And what is the thing that they are particularly investing in is um, space. We know that both of them are putting tons, billions of their dollars and pounds into creating a space program that will one day make the human race interplanetary. Okay, can you picture that for a moment? They're both realistically thinking that within the next generation, We'll have people living on the moon and people living um, on Mars, I think. And they both believe that that is absolutely essential for the survival and for the hope of the human race if we manage to destroy ourselves on Earth. What is the other hope? So that's one. That's one hope that they're putting all their money into. Second one, if you think about other big corporations and companies uh, like Google or Apple, there's a huge amount being invested in AI. AI, do you know what AI is? Artificial intelligence. And this is prompted, I don't know, you can't switch on the radio these days without hearing something about the concerns about AI, artificial intelligence, um, and all the wonders that it's doing at the moment. So there's both great hope being placed on AI, uh, also great concerns as well. And the hope being, though, that the human race needs an intelligence that is beyond our own human capacities to solve the problems that we seem to not be able to solve. And we need something like AI to do it. There's a, a, a man called Demis Hassabis, who's the lead of the, one of the um, most advanced AI companies in the world who works with Google um, called DeepMind. You can Google all this stuff in your own time, DeepMind. And his mission statement is this and they're making huge strides in AI. His mission statement is this, that he wants to solve the problem of artificial general intelligence and then use artificial intelligence to solve everything. So he thinks if he can come up with an artificial intelligence that is real, uh, it will then be able to help the human race solve everything else. And they're pouring billions of pounds into this. So do you see the two hopes then that I'm just saying is out there at the moment that people are really investing in is, one, we need to become reach the stars so that we can expand and, and have hope by being interplanetary. And the second is that we can create an intelligent being that is far more intelligent than us, far more capable, that will enable us to solve all the world's problems. Do you see those two things? I kind of want to say, as a Christian... Why not just celebrate Christmas? <laughs> because the Christmas hope is one that yes, we can reach the heavens, or at least the heavens will reach us. And secondly, there is a being who is far more intelligent and wise, who's far more capable and well-resourced, more loving and caring and able than any other created thing on earth that we could even create ourselves that can solve every problem. Let's just celebrate Christmas. Let's put the good news of Christmas out there to a world that is investing 
I mean, actually, I quite like the idea of seeing rockets fly off into space and all these wonderful things. Let's keep going with those, but let's just not forget for a moment that God has given us hope for the world that achieves those things. We do not need to live as a world with the anxiety and fears that so much of the world is grasped in right now, that it's all going down the pan, and unless we come up with some proper solutions, we're doomed. We are not doomed. Far from it. Christmas is the answer. It is the hope. Jesus himself, Jesus himself spans heaven and earth. And Jesus himself contains all the wisdom and mind of God that he brings to all of us. What is the Christian hope? What is the Christian hope? Well, let's just turn to our passage uh, this morning. Mary has a visitor from heaven. (laughs) So she didn't need to get in a rocket and fire off up to the moon. No, the angel came down and brought a message to her. Verse 28, greetings you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Fair enough. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid. Mary, you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So firstly, we see a hope that definitely does reach the stars, doesn't it? Because Jesus is described here as the Son of the Most High. He is the one who can come down from the Most High, the Father who sits in the highest heavens, far above the moon, far above Mars and Jupiter, far beyond the galaxies that we see. There is one who is in the highest heavens and he has sent his Son. So we have a hope that certainly reaches the stars. He is the Son of the Most High. But also we see that he sits on the throne of his father David. So we see actually he's also one, the son of the most high, but he also sits on an earthly throne, the throne of, his, of King David. He's going to be an earthly king too. So he spans all the depths and the heights of heaven and earth. We also see that it is a forever hope. Not just a hope of a good king who might have 20 or 30 years or a king or a ruler that's just going to be elected in for one government and then elected out. No, did you see that? Verse 33, his kingdom will never end. Never end. That's a hope that we definitely need. One that's not just temporary or going to create a solution for 100 years or 1,000 one that is forever. And it's a hope based not on human ingenuity, but a hope based on God. I find that really comforting, actually. 
As much as I'm amazed at how much human beings are capable of, we can fire rockets off into space and we can create iPhones and all of the rest of it, which is wonderful, I'm actually really relieved the future of humanity and the universe is not in our hands. Because as much as we're good at things, we're really good at breaking them too. And if hope was only really in us, it would be very uncertain, very uncertain. But praise be to God, it's in his hands. Then finally, it's a hope based on there being a vastly more superior being to us. We thought about that with AI for a moment, didn't we? That we need something that is far more intelligent and greater and capable than us. But we have one in the Lord God and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you notice, well, you all know that in the Christian Christmas story, it's a virgin birth, isn't it? The miracle of the virgin birth. It's a wonderful part of the story, but I wonder if you've ever stopped to think about the meaning of it and why it's so important. It's so important because Jesus, born of a human, and as human as he is, divine and human, he does not inherit the frailty of our own broken hearts and minds. He was born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit, set free from the confines and constraints of our fallen thinking and confused minds and broken hearts and emotions. I love those verses in the Bible. Here's one from Isaiah that says, where the Lord says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. He's vastly more intelligent, wise, unburdened by the confusions that we have and the muddled thinking and the cloudy thoughts and the moral compromise that we all wrestle with every day. And Jesus showed that, didn't he, in his earthly life? Even at a young age, he was confounding all the greatest thinkers of the day. And no one seemed to be able to catch him out. The Pharisees, his opponents, even the devil himself could not catch out Jesus. He was that wise and intelligent. I often think what would happen if Jesus sat down, sorry, this is a silly thought because it may not happen. Jesus sat down against uh, playing chess against an artificial intelligence computer program. Who would win? Well, we know who'd win. Jesus cannot be outdone, outthought. And he understands all the mysteries of the heavens and the earth, all the mysteries. He created every atom, every galaxy. He understands how the weather works and he understands how the seas move. He understands the physics and E equals MC squared. He invented all these things, quantum mechanics and all the things that we're amazed by and trying to discover as humans. He gets it all and he holds it in his hands and he commands the sun to rise and he knows every heartbeat you have. He knows when your blood pressure is too high (laughs) and he knows all these things. And he understands you, and he understands me. 
He understands what makes you tick. He understands why you're going wrong. And he understands how to fix you. I reckon Jeff Bezos and all these people would pour all the money that they have if they could have someone in their life that could fix them. Because you can't buy it and you can't invent it. You can't hope to discover it other than in Jesus. Isn't that an amazing hope then that we have when we celebrate Christmas? How do we discover though this Christmas hope? How do we discover Christmas hope? Well, Mary has a good place to start. She has an angel visiting her who makes these promises to her that she will have this child. And Mary, being full of faith, she believes it. Let me just look at that for a second. In verse 36, uh, the angel Gabriel says to Mary, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail, says the archangel Gabriel. Now, Gabriel's been around for a long, long time. And if he says that no word of God ever fails, we can believe that. And Mary does, verse 38, she says, I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. So she trusts in the word of God. That's how she holds on to this hope. She trusts in the word of God, which is simply really this, isn't it? The promises of God are reliable and faithful. God will keep his promises and Mary was right to put her trust in them. She pondered the words that the angel Gabriel gave to her. She meditated on them and thought about them. So can I encourage us uh, this Christmas to read afresh the Christmas story in the scriptures itself. Just read it and start to believe it. And the more you read the scriptures, see, what God is not asking us to do is say, in order to have hope, you must go away and think it all through yourself without any knowledge or truth and just become enlightened and ponder these things for yourself. No, what God does is he says, I'm going to give you my word, my promise. Go away and read it. Think about it. Trust it. And you will find the hope of God growing in your heart like a seed growing as a plant in your heart so that's one way that Mary discovers the Christmas hope but then lastly and secondly and most importantly she has a hope that is more solid even than God's word and it is the word made flesh nine months after she heard those words she would be holding in her arms the Son of God, the Son of the Most High, the creator of the universe made flesh in her arms, holding him, this hope, tangible, real, she could smell him, feel his warmth, look into his face. And of course, she would never have doubted then, would she? She can literally just grasp him and know the hope of God is real. That's the place we actually need to get to as Christians. 
See, the hope of Christmas is not that just one day we hope God will come through with his promises, and he will. That is a a real hope you can trust in. But way better than all of that is to know Christ Jesus himself in your heart and in your hands. To feel and know him just as Mary did. To be able to feel his life is the greatest hope anyone could have. I wonder this morning if you feel like you have that hope in your life or whether you're just hoping for something, wishfully thinking everything's going to work out all right and you just don't know. I mean, it's true to say for all of us, there's going to be lots of things in our lives we have no clue if it's going to work out or not. Virtually everything is like that, isn't it? Except one thing, and it is Christ the Lord. He is the one hope that will work out in your life. He is the one thing that will allow you to span the highest heavens. And there will be not a colony on Mars or a colony on the moon. There is right now a colony of Christian saints in the highest heavens sat with the Father and Jesus Christ right now. That's a glorious hope in Christ. And we have a hope right now for those who know Jesus. A hope that lives in your heart, Jesus Christ, who knows you who knows your problems, who knows your life, knows your thoughts and knows what to do, who can forgive you of all your sins, who can restore you into the image of of himself, who can lead you safely through all the valleys that you could face and will one day bring you to his father's side. So this Christmas, let's just pray that the incarnation, the birth of Jesus is more than just a story, it is happening every day. As everyone and anyone across the world puts their trust in Jesus, it's like he's born again in their hearts, coming to dwell within you. And it is the hope of the ages that will last forever. Let's pray.